As you're standing, would you turn in your Bibles with me to uh, the book of 1 John, chapter 4. Um, our electronics are on the fritz tonight, so you're just going to have to trust me or read your Bible tonight. Amen. 1 John 4 and 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. <laughs> because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you've heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. John went on to say, you can tell who someone is by how they love their brother. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. If, if, you, if you know somebody that all they do is run folks down and talk about folks in the church, the love of God is not there. If their spirit is critical and they're always tearing down and not building up, the spirit of God is not there. Amen. So I, I want you to understand something tonight. I'm going to deal with something that the Lord just put it in my heart to deal with tonight. And uh, it's going to seem a little odd, but one of, you can be seated. One of, the things that I, one of the things that I know is through the years and my experience of pastoring church and, and uh, ministry is that whenever God is moving, the enemy is always trying to fight. And you've heard me say this many times that the church will never be destroyed from the outside in. If the church is destroyed, it'll be destroyed from the... So, we've got to know something. We have to understand and realize something. That the enemy is going to do everything that he can to infiltrate the body of Christ. He's going to do everything that he can to shake our faith. Going to do everything that he can to try to choke out our trust. And so I'm going to deal with something tonight that the Holy Ghost has been dealing with my heart about. And uh, uh, if you'll go with me to the book of uh, the book of Acts, chapter sixteen, Acts chapter sixteen, and uh, I'll, I'm going to begin. I'm going to begin reading at uh, at verse sixteen. Now, as it happened. We went to prayer, and a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, 
who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Say, wow, Bishop, what are you, where, where, where are we going with that? I'll, I'll help you here in just a minute. I, I, I want you, I, I want you to get the flavor of where we are. The same, verse 17, followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. It doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with that. Which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said, to the spirit. I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ. To come out of her. And he came out. The same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone. They caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace. Unto the rulers. Now, I'm going to talk to you about the spirit of divination, which is interpreted to be the spirit of Python. I know that everybody in here knows what a Python is. Now, a python is is uh, is very sly. It makes its way to its prey and causes the prey to get comfortable, and then it squeezes the life out of it. There are some folk. I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Let, let, let me just. Let me just. Let me just move forward right here. What is the spirit of divination? The Greek is interpreted pneuma pythonis. The original Greek words translated the spirit of divination literally means spirit of python in greek paganism python was said to be a serpent that lives in delphi in what is southern greece today and it was said to have the power of divination the spirit of python is likely to have been what the locals called the demon in this slave girl that Paul's dealing with. What, what really was the spirit of Python or the spirit of divination? It's just clear and simple, just and unclean. Everybody say unclean. Just an unclean spirit or a demon. An unclean spirit or a demon. Now, 
You may ask the question tonight, can a spirit, a demonic spirit really have the power of divination? Now, listen to me very closely. There are two sources of spiritual power. God, who is omniscient, i.e. all-knowing, and then there is Satan, who is a fallen angel, or a creature, if you would, whose spiritual power pales compared to that of the Creator God. Apparently, the demon in this slave girl drew power from Satan. Now listen to me closely here. And said things about the future that came to pass often enough for her to bring her masters much profit by fortune telling. The spirit of Python or the spirit of divination can make things sound just good enough to draw you in. I want you to understand something that those, that spirit of divination, that spirit of Python is not interested in anything else but drawing attention to themselves. They want everybody to hear what they've got to say. You hear me right now? They do everything they can to draw folks because there are some folk, believe it or not, that sit around in the church and wait for somebody to give them a goodie. For somebody to give them some kind of a word on somebody in the church. Remember, we're not going to be destroyed from the outside in. So we got to expose spirits on the inside that are trying to cause us to implode. And so, that demonic power that drives this little slave girl. She is in business to make her masters money. What, what did the slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination cry out? Watch this. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Well, it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with that. That sounds like a pretty good compliment. Was she right? Was she right? Then why did Paul become so greatly annoyed? For at least three reasons. First, she kept repeating for many days, the Bible said. And second, watch this. She cried this out during prayer. Uh -huh. 
probably disturbed the prayer. It is not our job in a prayer meeting to set everybody straight in the prayer room. It is our role in the prayer meeting to lift up God and entreat Him to move on the behalf of those who are in need, who need to be saved, who need to be healed, who need to be touched. It is the will of God for us in the prayer meeting to come together in unity in the body of Christ. And so, Paul is annoyed because she disturbs the prayer. And then third, when the people confirm that these men indeed are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation, watch, at least some of the people risked trusting the girl and her demons. This little girl, how is she different from the psychics or the witches and uh, others who engage in fortune telling today? She isn't. She's not different. Today's psychics, today's witches, today's fortune tellers are enabled by demonic spirits and say things that come to pass at least once in a while. Now, I'm going to get into some things here that are going to probably stir up the enemy a little, but it's okay. Let me tell you what God said about His people seeking advice from psychics and witches and fortune tellers. He called them abominations and strictly forbade them. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. In other words, he was saying... You are the people of God and you are not to sacrifice your children in the fire like they are doing. Or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord and because of these abominations the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God for these nations which you will dispossess listen to the soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. Give no regard to mediums. Watch this word. Familiar spirits. Do not seek after them. 
to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. And then Leviticus 19 and 31 said, And the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. Please hear me tonight, church family, when I tell you that the devil always does what he can to try to reproduce who and what God is. The enemy tries everything that he can. And watch me, listen to me here. If, if you are not spiritually sensitive to what's going on in your world, it is very easy to fall prey to the spirit of Python. Listen, the Word of God said, I believe Paul wrote it, he said, walk circumspectly, not as fools. Make no mistake tonight, the devil is not going to spend eternity in hell by himself. who you're listening to be careful who what you're watching be careful come on somebody be careful where you're going because python will python will pull you in and when you least expect it it will squeeze the very spiritual life out of you
Let me, let me take you somewhere else tonight. I want to, throughout history, there have been people who have, who make use of the name of Jesus and of the word of God in order to misguide and deceive people. They'll try to captivate people with their mysticism and false doctrines just to gain attention to themselves, satisfying their egos, or for some financial gain. Something in what they say will catch one's attention and actually seem like the truth. But when you see and hear the whole situation, I pray that the deception will be avoided. Paul and Silas were preaching and she came their way with a spirit of divination. She was telling the truth. Several years ago in this church, you've heard this told through the years, but several years ago in this church, there was a group of people, I mentioned Sunday night, the Jesus movement in this city. And there was a group of people that came through this church and they were literally on fire for God. It was not in this building. It was in the building next door. And they would literally fill rows of pews with people. They had meetings in their house, in their home. And they would sow seed while they were in their home with those new converts. You see, there's nothing more vulnerable than a new baby. That's why as the church, we need to do everything we can to guard, protect, and disciple new babies. Because you need to know that there are folks that will come among us that will try to pull them away. And that group of people, they, they just kept coming. And again, they had just a huge following people. In fact, before they made a departure, because our bishop, my pastor, exposed the spirit, they didn't like it because they were trying to get him. They would always tell everybody what great man of God he was. And what a great church this was. What a great move of God we have. But then one day, they asked for a meeting. 
And the meeting was, went like this. If you'll quit preaching this and this and this, we'll fill up this church building. And uh, those of you that didn't know Bishop Bingham, that was the wrong thing to say. You see, they made it look good. They even looked the part, acted the part for quite a while. But then that spirit raised its ugly head. My, my little great nephew back there, <laughs> I walked up by him and, and uh, I said, Griff, what are you doing, buddy? You snake handling? And he said, yeah. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> but when it... When it gets its chance and it sees its opportunity, it raises its head and begins to do what it must because the spirit that's driving it has nothing else in mind but to destroy the church of the living God. And I want this body to understand. It's why I started out with 1 John 4. It's why I started out with it. He said, you need to try the Spirit and see if it's of God. You cannot, you cannot allow the spirit of divination and python to make its way through the congregation and say and do things that would destroy, tear down the body of Christ. She was possessed by a spirit. And she had to be delivered. I, I, I believe this. I, I've seen it happen and I believe it. When this church begins to pray. When there is opposition that arises in the church. When this church begins to pray. I've watched God choke the life out of those demons. Amen. And I'm telling you. You say, well, well, Bishop, why, why are you teaching this to this church on a Wednesday night? I, I, you know, I was, I was at the chiropractor today. He got me in alignment. And uh, he's a preacher of some sort. I don't really know, but we have candid conversations about God. He's pastored a few churches in his life. And he said, I, I had a situation in a church that I was pastoring, he said, I was preaching some things and, and said half of the church was with me and the other half rose up against me. And he said, the Lord told me that's the spirit 
of Python that's trying to divide the church. Are you hearing me right now? I'm just, I'm just trying to help this church recognize and understand we got to get on our faces before God and seek the face of God and, and believe God that if there's anything that tries to make its way among us, that God will destroy it. Why, why is that so important? I'm I'm going to help you just a minute. I'm not going to try to be too much longer. But Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. It's, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. But watch. Verse 14. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now, I don't want to in any way make you feel like somehow you're an exclusive group. But in reality, we got to make sure we find the right gate. It's a narrow one. I said it's a narrow one. The Bible said that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And when we find Him, we need to shout hallelujah to the top of our voice. We need to tell him, Lord, you and you alone are our salvation. Now, I'm, I'm going to go one more place here. The Bible tells us the story of a king. A king who lost his anointing. The Bible is certainly not ambiguous about what God thinks on the subject of the occult. In Leviticus 19 and 31, the Bible says this, Give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord. Your God. God said, Don't you seek after those things. I am the Lord your God. When you seek after those things, they become your God. And God says, I want to get this straight right now. I'm your God. Come on, somebody. Give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. He he says, he's, he's very adamant about this. He said, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. 
Look at uh, Leviticus 20 and 6 with me real quick. And the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards and go a whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. You know what God said? When you go after that stuff, you're cheating on me. (laughs) Oh, my, my, my. Now, the New Testament is just as condemnatory as the old. However, instead of legislating against sorcery and the like, except where Paul lists sorcery as a work of the flesh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 20. I want you to listen. This isn't all of them, but listen to just the few here and, and watch what he does. Idolatry, witchcraft, or sorcery, hatred. Oh, here's a big one. Variance or contentions, emulations or jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. He lists all of those together and he's battling them not outside the church he's battling them in the church you want to know why watch I'll show you why I'm going to go back to the Old Testament 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 23 how many How many of you in here know what rebellion is? Somebody, just just real quick, somebody give me your definition of rebellion. Opposition, standing against authority. Opposition to authority. Do you know who, do you know who God puts in authority in the church. Now wait, not, not just the pastor. He is the overseer and the under shepherd. But the Bible said he gave us a fivefold ministry that are for the perfecting of the saints. That's the authority in the church. Look, I know this isn't going to be popular. But that's not anybody else in the church. Brother Looper, I might need you in a minute. Watch. For rebel. Well, we got our electronics back. For rebellion is as the sin. Of witchcraft and stubbornness 
is as iniquity and idolatry. Now, he's talking to Saul here who has disobeyed him and now he has lost his anointing. Please hear me. When the word of the Lord goes forth, it is paramount that you obey the word of the Lord. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being The writers recount experiences of Jesus and his apostles battling against it. On the Isle of Paphos, the apostle Paul stood against Elymas, the sorcerer. He, he was really a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Saying, you can see it in Acts chapter 13 and verse 10. He said to him, Oh, full of all subtility, what I tell you about the python. And all mischief, thou child of the devil, the enemy of all righteousness, Wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Let me read it to you another way. Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? It's a spirit of divination. The second to the last chapter of Revelation states plainly that sorcerers will be cast into the lake of fire. I don't know about you, but that's sufficient proof that God considers the practice of all forms of occultism to be a moral outrage. He is not by any means involved in them. And he wants his people to avoid them. Forbidding them to consult with them or dabble in them in any way. Several years ago, well many years ago now, when I was a young person, we had a bunch of our young people that got together and thought they would ask questions to the Ouija board. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Please, please listen to me right here. When you entertain these things, you open yourself up to another realm of the spirit world
When you entertain them, it may seem innocent, it may seem harmless, but the devil doesn't need the door to be wide open to do a work on you and in you. All he needs is a crack in the door and we the people of God must walk circumspectly and not as fools and be aware 24-7 and the Spirit of God must be in control of our lives every moment of every day of every hour. And so, Saul, Saul finds himself, he's lost the anointing, he's lost the anointing, you see the problem was, is he thought he could determine whether or not David was anointed. Let me just tell you something. You don't get to pick who he anoints. Neither do you get to talk about who is anointed. The word of God said, touch not my anointed. Do my prophet. No harm. Oh God, I feel something right here. If you are critical, I don't care who it is. You might not like them. You might not care for them. But if they've been called of God and they've been anointed, you have no right to say whether or not they have or whether or not they haven't. They, they, they came, they came to, they came to the, the authorities, the powers that be, and they were talking to them about what they were going to do to those apostles because they wouldn't keep their mouths shut. They wouldn't quit preaching the name of Jesus. And, and I'm sorry, I can't recall the the, the name right now, but. He said to them, he said to them, don't you touch them. Leave them alone. If they're of God, there's not one thing you can do. But if they're not of God, God will take care of it. Oh God, I would to God that somehow... We could understand that the enemy would like to cause division and divination. And the python spirit would like to suck the life out of us. But God, God help us tonight. There is the possibility and the probability for the greatest move of God that the church has ever seen. But we've got to keep our hearts and our minds focused on the kingdom and the things of the kingdom and nothing else. Yeah. 
So, Saul's lost the anointing. Boy, you get desperate when the anointing leaves you. You'll get desperate when you can't feel God. Come on, somebody. And so Saul puts himself in a compromised place. The, the internal evidence reveals a number of significant details that I don't want to leave out before we go home. The medium, the witch, the witch of Endor. Imagine with me a man that was once anointed of God is now having audience with a witch, a medium. And watch what happens. The witch is at least smart enough to say she, she made Saul promise before she did anything. She made Saul promise, I want to be sure that my life is protected. Even the devil's smart enough to know that there's one God and he trembles. And so she gets that agreement and she asks Saul, Saul, who is it that you want to talk to? Saul says, I need to talk to Samuel. I need to talk to Samuel. Listen. There's no way that God's going to answer you through a lying spirit. There's no way. There's no way that God's going to answer you through some abominable seance. One of the points of this story is, is to show what desperate people will do when they're cut off from God. In fear for their lives. And without hope. That doesn't mean that the demon doesn't give Saul a truthful answer. Acting as if it were Samuel. The demon wounds the king with the cruelest words it could use. Complaining about being disturbed in his rest. Mocking Saul for seeking him. Rubbing it in that God had left him and become his enemy. It reminds me of one of Samuel's prophecies. Given when Saul had disobeyed God's instruction. About the punishment of Amalek. And it's King Agag. God had told Saul, I want you to utterly destroy Amalek. I don't want there to be anything left of Amalek. Even its king. And you see, when you lose the anointing or you get out of alignment with the will of God, 
you think you know more than God does. And so Saul says, I'll tell you what, I'm going to do God a favor here. Can I just say this and be as plain and as kind as I can? God does not need your favors. And so Saul said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to keep the best cattle and the best sheep. And Oh, and I'm even going to let the king live. You see, when the anointing leaves, you find yourself in a desperate place. And the scripture said that the kingdom would be torn from him and given to another. Who incidentally is that David that Saul didn't think could be anointed. You know what I love about the Lord? Is he takes the most unlikely people. And uses them to do the greatest work. And so. This demon that's talking. That somehow. Saul thought he could summon up an old prophet. The demon's words have a desired effect. And if I could say anything tonight before I close. This is my purpose in going where I've gone tonight. Is I don't want the demon's words to have the desired effect. Acting as if it were Samuel. The demon's words have the desired effect. And the scripture said in 1 Samuel 28 and 20. Immediately. Saul fell straightway all along on the earth and was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel and there was no strength in him for he'd eaten no bread all the day nor all the night. He leaves the medium's house A totally broken man. So what happened at Endor? At the end of his rope. And highly susceptible to suggestion. Saul was ready to clutch. At any straw of hope. For a better outcome. The medium was a fraud. I declare tonight that the spirit of divination is a fraud. And the spirit of Python is a fraud. And I command it to be bound up and cast back into the pits of hell from whence it came. Bilking people out of their money by preying on their superstitions. The spirit's appearance shocked her. At most, 
God allowed a demon to impersonate Samuel and pronounce Saul's doom to him to give him the truth from the only source he had ever trusted to speak straight to him. He wouldn't listen to that man of God, but he'd listen to a demon. Be careful who you're listening to. Be careful what's distracting you. In the end, the story of Saul and the medium at Endor is a morality play of sorts. An object lesson to teach how dangerous it is to forsake God and turn to the counsels of demons through sorcery and divination. It's a path of fear, despair, lies, curses, and death. It records the sad, tragic end of a man who had shown such great potential but who had allowed jealousy and pride to bring him and his house to ruin. It's the spirit of the python that will squeeze the life out of you if you entertain it, if you allow it to take hold. It will squeeze the life out of you. I want you to stand with me tonight. We're going to pray as the body of Christ. I believe I feel authority in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel authority for this church. And I feel like the enemy has been messing with some folks' minds. Been speaking things. Been entertaining things that are not of God. And the enemy is going to shut the, is going to do everything he can to try to shut the voice of God out of your life. But I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, I'm going to shut the mouth of that demon tonight. With every bit of apostolic authority that you have right now, I want you to throw your hands up in the air and intercede in the Holy Ghost. And I want you to take authority over the spirit of divination and the python. In the name of Jesus, come on church, I want you to pray. Protect my family. Protect my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over the families of this church. I plead the blood of Jesus over the body of Christ. I plead the blood of Jesus over this church. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. You shall not prevail. We're wise to you. We're wise to your perverted ways. And we will not give in. We will not give up. But we will fight with everything.
that is within us to do the will of God. We are anointed. We've been set apart. And we will not be defiled. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We have power over hell. We have power over demons. We don't have to accept any word from any demon. You hear me? We don't have to accept any word from any demon. In fact, we have the same authority that Jesus had. When that man came in, Jesus said, Hold your peace. Possessed of devils. But you want to know what that means? Be gagged and muzzled. You don't get another word. Come on, you need to tell the devil you don't get another word. You don't get to say another thing. In Jesus' name. God bless you tonight. We love you.